0: Good, how are you? Doing good. How you been? Uh, busy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I stopped, I finished up teaching at, like, 3.55, you know, got set up. Um, we're starting a second program. Uh, oh. So, like, from, like, the ground up. So, like, our current program is, like, you know, Ruby and Rails, a little kind of nod to, like, JavaScript front ends and stuff along those lines. And so the second program is all, like, JavaScript and... and uh ember and a little bit of react and like with a nod a little bit to node but like wow. a completely new program kind of focused on the stuff that i was kind of like building into the curriculum the, the general overarching thing is yeah like from the ground up uh the f- full four modules seven months uh like new topics like old format new
0: topics <laughs> wow.
1: uh, and so i'm kind of teaching the current stuff while also like designing that which is kind of exciting
0: yeah so your brain has to be in two different places at once yeah. and that's exciting. Get more focus. You're teaching Ember and React? Yes. Interesting.
1: I feel really strongly about this, too. Like, I feel like both have a place.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, and, like, that one is... And, you know, it's it's funny, like, I don't know if you've seen all those, like, blog... Like, React is at the point where all those blog posts are coming out now, where yeah. it's like, it's... I have too much choice, and <laughs> how do I... What is the right way to get
0: set up? And if only like, there was why a JavaScript framework ending? that helped me with that. And it's that. just
1: like, yeah, like, Ember CLI figured this all out, like, <laughs> honestly, what, 18 months ago?
0: Yeah. More,
1: right? Like, is this really, this, are you all, like, you all went to react because it was lightweight, and I don't have to deal with all this bulk, and now you're all building applications where you need it, and it's like, hmm.
0: <laughs> but This is currently, and has been, and will be, Real World Ember. <laughs> Uh, where we interview developers who are awesome, but not necessarily famous. Although you did give a speech at ImbraConf. I did. You're, you're at the edge of fame for this. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the suburbs, if <laughs> you will. Uh, I guess I won't interview only people who aren't famous. That would limit. I mean, I feel like if a, if, a, if a famous person knocks down your door
1: and says, hey, could you interview me? I think you should do it. I don't think you should like pigeonhole yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to niche down too hard. Yeah. Okay. So famous people listening, this is now open to you. Yeah. Like <laughs> wide open. Like this is your time. Yeah. I mean, like we, we prefer people who aren't famous, but you know, you got to get it on the real world interaction.
1: Yeah, if you were if you are a famous person listening to this, you're thinking, you know, oh my, I can't do this because I'm I'm too famous. Like it's it's okay.
0: Yeah, we'll make an exception. Okay, so uh, we start off this conversation with a lot of context missing. I knew it, you knew it, but the uh, listeners don't necessarily know it. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and about Turing School?
1: Yeah, so my name is Steve Kinney, and I currently live in the city of Denver. Uh, I've been here for about Uh, 18 months now or so about a year and a half give or take uh, a month or two uh i came out here from new york to work at the Turing School of Software and Design. Uh, Starting out as an instructor these days, I am co-director of academics. And uh, so what is Turing? It's a seven-month developer training program, so quite a bit longer than a lot of the other programs. Uh, We currently have our kind of first program is a full-stack Ruby Rails and JavaScript program where it's broken up into four modules. They learn, like, spending just six Weeks focusing on like the fundamentals of like programming, like focusing at that point on Ruby, but like looking at like algorithms, like they build link lists and emerge sort and s- binary search trees and stuff along those lines, and just kind of like just the fundamentals of programming and object oriented programming using Ruby. Uh, in the second module, they go on to like finally like build some web applications, uh, first in Sinatra and then eventually using a little known framework called Ruby on Rails. In the third module, they focus on like what we like to call professional rails applications so Not only is it like uh, my first rails app it 's also like dealing with uh, performance and security and creating apis and stuff along those lines and During that time, they do a uh, individual project which always becomes a very like javascript heavy project uh, because you <laughs> Like give anyone the choice of what do you want to build, they tend to be these kind of like rich client side experiences. Right, so we also kind of at that point Yeah, you know, it's like you're all going to be. It's basically one of those things where it's like you're all going to be experimenting with this JavaScript thing anyway. So uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's let's show you how to right.
0: Uh-huh. So the fourth one is doing the JavaScript heavy stuff. The fourth module, yeah.
1: Yeah, the fourth module these days actually has very little rails in it. These days uh-huh. it is predomin- predominantly uh javascript and like kind of going back in almost like a module 1 like revisitation where we go really really deep into like the fundamentals of the javascript programming language. Right. So uh, at, at the end of the
0: from- third module you sort of let them flail around in javascript and then mm-hmm. you go in and like teach it to them once yeah. they're ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and going everything from like, how prototypal inheritance works to what this is at any given moment. Oh, that's difficult. To how like currying and partial application work, asynchronous programming and stuff along those lines, and kind of like, do it right um, and give them the foundation to kind of build things. And then touching upon some of the frameworks and kind of building uh, real-time applications with WebSockets and stuff along those lines as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a lot to pack in there. I'd sort of assume the fourth one was just Ember. It always had an Ember component.
1: It's not just Ember, though, because it's, I think one thing we found out is, like, you end up with people who, like, it's, I think this is, like, sometimes a criticism of, like, some, you know, some Rails developers as well, where they, they know Ember or they know Rails, but they don't know JavaScript or Ruby. Right. Uh, so we try to make sure that that's not the case, that mm-hmm. they also understand, like, the actual programming language that they're using, so that when things go off the rails a little bit, they kind of, they understand the medium that they're
0: working with. Pun intended?
1: No, pun not intended, <laughs> but I'm okay with
0: it. Pun <laughs> not intended, but proud of it anyway. <laughs> Accidents happen, and sometimes they're good. Yeah. So, uh, right, so they get that very deep foundation. Interesting, yeah. Like, I was talking to someone else who's from another boot camp who's now taking a CS course because she didn't get that in her boot camp.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the things that, uh, because we are a seven-month program, we kind of uh, have the ability to do that, right? Uh-huh. Like, you kind of go deeper into these topics. Right, you have but, like, flexibility without with your long. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are now you're getting even more flexibility with your schedule, right? Since you're splitting up into two different programs.
1: Yeah. So we're starting a second program. May 9th, -hmm. um, is the kind of like target date. Um, and that will be a solely front end program with, you know, kind of like four brand new modules, um, that I've kind of been outlining and writing curriculum for, um, over the same like length of time, right. Running concurrently with the other
0: program. Do we get to know what those monitors are? Can you uh, Absolutely. Awesome. Is this the first time? Uh this is actually yeah. I don't even think we've announced it on the blog yet. So
1: like this is actually the uh the very first like announcement of any of this. All right, so you I'm heard super it here excited. First.
0: I uh yeah. I might wanna run this one first.
1: Yeah, breaking news. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so Um, the program module one starts out with uh, kind of again the fundamentals right so like Uh focusing on you know semantic HTML uh, like CSS and kind of the organization of CSS and like writing like kind of performant uh, CSS and looking at specificity and things along those lines Mm -hmm. and again some of the kind of like JavaScript fundamentals and like uh, some of the same like ideas from module one in our current program but like brought over to JavaScript and then also thinking about like building responsive design from the ground up. Like one of the things they'll build is like kind of build your own like simple grid system, right? So that like you understand how it works mm-hmm. and stuff along those lines, and like all the all the fun stuff on that level. Um, module two
0: then kind of wait wait uh, module... I want to run back. So they build their own grid yeah. system in CSS in JavaScript
1: yes. in CSS.
0: Clearly, I haven't gone through Turing School since. <laughs> I didn't know well, the answer to that also, question. This will be starting
1: starting May 9th, right? <laughs> uh, so come hang out with us again.
0: Yeah, I'm planning on doing that sometime this year. You guys have a sweet setup. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Come, come by whenever you want.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, we'll, have, we'll have two locations now, so you can you know, kind of bounce back and forth, too.
0: All right. Uh, I might favor the JavaScript one. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Uh, So,
1: yeah, I'm really excited about that one. And then the second module, it's, again, second module actually looks a lot like the fourth one in our current program. Uh Um, One of my kind of favorite projects in the current fourth module is this project called Game Time, Uh where it's basically they take some idea for a game, whether that be, like, you know, Connect Four or Asteroids, or we've had Breakout built, and we've had actually like every every like module, every like cohort that comes through like tends to build a more ambitious game <laughs> than the uh, than the one before. So we actually had like a kind of um, a rock band kind of clone, like very like with the timing and stuff. Oh, Somebody nice. built a ski free. Is that the name of the app? Yeah. Where it's like the skier, yeah, and, like, yeah, the old uh, Windows three point one. Yeah, yeah, like rebuilt that. JavaScript and I I really like that because it kind of like forces you to like. First of all, it forces you to stop thinking about the DOM as like a place that you can just like hide all your state and like think about stuff, but like actually like start looking at like how do I break this into objects and like organize my code in a really important way. And so that actually gets moved into like module two at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they'll build a lot of stuff with JavaScript. They'll look at like the
0: whole team building one together or each building row. No, I usually up into pairs. Um, at that point. Oh, that's awesome! Most of my learning has been, at least in the early stages, from building games.
1: Yeah, it's it's literally one of my favorite projects, and so I'm always like really excited about that. <laughs> Um, so they'll build that. They'll also then start to get a little bit of a familiarity with, uh, Node and Express, right? Mm-hmm. Cause while it is predominantly a front end engineering program, like in the same way that, like, you can't really be a Rails developer without, like, at least being able to, like, have some familiarity and, like, hold your own on the front end. I think the same is true, right? right. So they'll kind of get some experience building applications with Express and stuff along those lines. We'll kind so, of like, then be de- dive de- the into API. some of the first. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? So, like, it's, it'd be helpful if you're learning how to consume an M- a- API right. in Ember that you know also how to, like, build said API, <laughs> right? Uh, or make changes to that API and feel comfortable in there. Even if your area of, like, specialty is in the front end, like, being able to, like, be a, like, participant in the back end, I think is super important. I think the opposite is true.
0: Yeah, but also having that breadth of experience mm-hmm. with just a little exactly. bit everywhere.
1: Exactly. Uh, kind of looking at stuff like events and local storage and how non-blocking JavaScript works and what the event loop even is. Mm-hmm. And so stuff that we normally talk about in module four, uh, as well as like, kind of keeping in mind some of the stuff like Flexbox and some more advanced stuff, looking at stuff like SCSS um, and some like functional programming concepts using Lodash and stuff along those lines.
0: Uh-huh. So we're only two modules in. And Only two months. They could already probably be hireable.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm really like excited and a little jealous about the students that are going to go through this program. <laughs> um, so, module three. Module three is like again, if module three in the back end program is like professional Rails applications, I really believe that module three in this program is like professional client side applications. Uh-huh. Um, so, you're looking at build tools. Um, process automation, like kind of getting familiar with like grunt and gulp and things along those lines. And then kind of looking at some more stuff, like, uh, you know, actually building like JSON API compliant APIs. And like, yes, you can build an API, but like, how do you like design an API? Right. And then, then it's time to like it's time to start looking at the framework. So, we'll actually be teaching both React as well as Ember, and I feel really strongly about this because I think that both have a place, right? I've built many, many small Ember applications. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a place if it's like if you're just using like some of the like view templating stuff, If it's a bunch of components you're trying to, like, manage, like, rendering stuff on the page that, like, React is a good choice for that. But I yeah. think as you and I were talking about in the beginning of this podcast when we, quote, unquote, weren't recording, <laughs> but it was part of the recording, is that, yeah, you see all these, like, posts now where it's like, uh, I have too much choice in my React app and I, I'm, I feel overwhelmed by do I use Flux or Redux or, you know, what have you. Um, any of those, and like, they're all really great. But I, I feel like at a certain point with all those things, like I've built a few apps like that, is that I'm always like slowly but surely like building my own Ember without the community support.
0: Right, right. And right. each of you is building a different Ember. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. build a slightly different one with slightly different decisions and, like, weirder edge cases that can show <laughs> up. And, like, there's there's a certain point where it's, like, I feel like I, I should have just used Ember. Like, this is something that I feel like... I mean, the, the good
0: news is that with React, you don't have to update every six weeks because mm-hmm. no one else is updating it.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> there's no pressure. Like your your bespoke uh, setup is not getting uh, getting updates every six weeks. So that's that's some like pressure uh, removed. <laughs> um, that said, should you decide to update, I'm sure it will not be as easy as like the time I went from one eight to one uh, thirteen, and it took me about twenty minutes. But I feel like, yeah, you hear all this stuff and it's like, I feel like it's something that the Ember community has figured out really, like, early on, right? So, like, starting with, like, Ember App Kit, and then, like, with the kind of the dream being realized with Ember CLI, which is, like, you don't have to make these decisions, right? Like, here is a setup and it works and a set of build tools and it's handed to you and one, like, you don't have to like build your own tool chain. and then two, you don't have to like sit there and evaluate every everything because everyone's using the same set of tools, which means everyone notices the same pains and edge cases, and those pains and edge cases tend to be like
0: uh, dealt with.
1: They tend to be worked on, right? So I think that, like, if I was building, like, a very, like, tiny, like, single, like, just a t- like, I've built um, some, like, just, like, little musical instruments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like, that maybe I would still use something like React for, but I think that, like, at a certain, like, level, I would probably then always reach for Ember. So I think both have a place. Well, I found yeah, even don't...
0: for, like, for me, even simple apps are very easy to make in Ember mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, I mean, I... you don't have to use all the complexity. Like I've had apps where I just stick everything in a component Mm -hmm. and it's worked out great.
1: Yeah, at my old job, we basically made a bunch of uh, interactive data visualizations, and it occurred to me early on I was doing it in D three, and it occurred to me early on that it was like way easier to do this in Ember. So yeah, we made like ten small Ember apps that were just like yeah, a few components, and they were, they had no backend. There was like there was no API that they were pulling from. They started out with some base data, and as you changed different values in the visualization, like everything like changed and updated automatically, and it was like great. It was a really really, like, pleasant way to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I I really, I think it's really great. I think there's some people build, like, have built, like, static sites where it's just, like, you know, in Ember and, like, that aren't, like, dynamically pulling from an API. And it's a really, it's a really good experience. And it's a really, like, nice, like, development story.
0: Yeah. And there are even, uh, there's some services now, I think PageFront is the name of one of them, where you can just, through the Ember CLI API, just deploy it and it's mm-hmm. really easy, really cheap, and it's just up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like, that's a great thing, like deploying like an Ember app, especially like if it's just standalone, just like it's just at the end of the day, it's an HTML file, a JavaScript file, and a CSS file,
0: right. or two, I guess right? you could it's uh, like... e- connect to FTP and serve up your Ember file.
1: That's how we did it, right? <laughs> We literally like then you. I just had like a uh, SFTP sli- like in my my package JSON where I just did npm run deploy
0: uh-huh. and
1: like it just pushed it up to, to like an Apache server serving static <laughs> file and that was
0: it. I'm right? thinking and just I was, like, like doing it manually like those old FTP clients where you mm-hmm. just like drag yeah. from one to the other.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, and then like, it's one of those things where there's no version control, and then somebody like edits a file on the live server, and the entire thing goes down, and hopefully somebody like copied down the server like a week ago, and you can restore it from
0: a backup. You know, the golden era of web development, if you will. Right, and if you miss those days, you can recreate part of it now, if you really (laughs) Mm -hmm. want to.
1: Yeah, Uh, you don't. (laughs) uh so talking about the two major i just said two major i was worried about offending uh angular developers but then i realized i'm on an ember podcast it's
0: cool Uh, (laughs) i'm sure we'll have some angular developers hate listening to it that's fine just like they get in their car they rage Mm -hmm.
1: email jeff it's
0: fine yeah Uh, yeah i'll put my email here yep
1: Yep. it's fine it'll be great um so that's kind of like, I feel like, you know, tackling those two definitely takes, will take up the large majority of that module. Mm-hmm. And then there is the, the fourth module, which I'm really, like, like exuberantly excited about, uh, which is uh, Web Technologies Outside the Browser.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do tell. So
1: there's, there's three major focuses for this module, um, one of which is Electron.
0: Okay, yeah, the That's desktop.
1: Cool. Yeah, building like, desktop applications that can interact with the operating system, be menu bar applications, like access the file system and stuff, uh, building electron applications.
0: So, like, Atom is built with JavaScript, so you could take your Ember app and create a desktop word processor if you really mm-hmm. wanted to. Yeah, definitely. Wow.
1: Yeah, Uh, you do some really, really great stuff. There's actually a really great talk scheduled for EmberConf 2016 about building Electron apps with Ember. And I think they're like this fantastic fit because, I mean, all Electron is, that's an oversimplification. But like one of the things Electron is, is basically mixing like kind of chromium with node right uh-huh. uh, but that said like if you think about like building an iOS or a OS 10 or Windows application there's usually more there they usually have like Coco to kind of like add the structure and like data modeling and stuff along those lines and like Electron doesn't necessarily give you any of that out of the box Right. But Ember is like, you know, like explicitly like really good at that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the kind of like there's like, I think, a really exciting prospect of using Ember with Electron to build some like really like fantastic applications using web technologies.
0: So do you get a URL in your desktop application if you use Ember Electron?
1: No, it's like it fires up. You can like spawn windows. You can actually have different like each window is its own process. Right, uh-huh. and you can actually have interprocess communication to like share share information between them, um, but they are like you spawn a window and you do you can point it like internally you do point it at like an HTML file where you can like but even in that HTML file if, like if you had script tags, uh-huh. you can actually like write like require the f s. module from node, and it works
0: uh-huh so you can run node stuff in chromium stuff, that's what you're getting yeah. at earlier
1: yeah, yeah, nice. It's, it's really exciting. And like, it's one of those things where it's, it's one of those. Technologies and I feel like WebSockets is a lot like this for me. When the first time you see it, it's like, seems cool, don't really know what I would use it for. And then, like, two weeks later, you find yourself walking down the street going, I would build this, and I would Uh build that, and I would (laughs) build this other thing. And, like, it opens up this entirely, like, new world of applications that you could build that you probably, like, haven't been thinking about. And it's, like, I feel, like, for me, like, incredibly exciting. So I'm excited for this uh, EmberConf talk. Right,
0: and once you have Electron and WebSockets and local storage... You mm-hmm. can make something that can run completely offline mm-hmm. Yeah, on your like, and you don't even have to have the page loaded because it's already on mm-hmm. your computer.
1: Yeah, and like, so you can have like a total offline experience and then like, hey, go check this API if we have access, right? If we mm-hmm. are online. But yeah, you could store stuff in either local storage or if it was more than that, you could use level, DV, level DB, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or like SQLite or something along those lines to store it as well.
0: Hand. that's really cool. Yeah. How hard is it to get started with that?
1: Incredibly easy, actually. Like there, there is like a few things that you know you kind of need to learn, but it's, um, it's actually like very, very simple to get started. And the Electron project has really fantastic documentation. I'm going to do a training at O'Reilly's Fluent Conference in March on building Electron apps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so it's, like, a three-hour thing where, like, we'll build, like, a few, like, kind of, like, the archetypal, like, applications, like, possibly, like, a notes application or something as so those lines. I'm still in, like, the planning process for uh-huh. it. Uh, but it's actually, like, the documentation is really great and, like, very, very easy to get started with it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I just made a note to make a screencast about Electron. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a really great community around it already. Cause it's all like, it, it's all, you can like create like, um, there's electron. I'm going to make some boo boos here, but there's electron pre where you can like pull down an already like compiled version. So you don't have to like build like V8 from scratch. Okay. Uh, and then I believe it's electron compiler, which basically like automatically runs everything through Babel. Uh-huh. That um, that and handles all soon of this was your SCSS. So there is also, as of, like, a week or two ago, uh, ele- Ember Electron, Ember CLI add-on. I'm not sure if it's Ember CLI add-on. Let me – I don't want to misspeak there. Uh-huh. But, like, there is now, like, an officially, like, somebody has released a um, a library for, like, bringing Electron and Ember together. So that is actually true as of, like, a week ago. Yes, um, or awesome. I have become aware
0: of it. Yes, you can of- say Ember install Ember Electron. Yeah, because it was an Ember Weekly.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, like, the, the dream the dream is, like, coming alive very quickly yeah. for, like, building uh, really fantastic, at, like, truly, oh, I, re- I really believe, like, truly, like, ambitious applications with both Ember and Electron. Uh, so they'll do that in Module 4. And then there's two other technologies we're going to play with. One is PhoneGap. Uh-huh or the Apache Cordova project for like the same basic concept of like web applications wrapped in a native shell. So they have access to, you know, the camera and the GPS and like, and the browser these days does have access to a lot of that, but like access to where well, you can like write apps that work on Android and iOS equally as well. And the same like Electron runs on Windows, Linux and Mac OS X.
0: And so you can stick it on the app store. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then I think we're also going to play a little bit with React Native as well.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So if you have something that needs a lot of performance. Mm-hmm.
1: So like using using web technologies outside of the browser uh, is like, I think, a topic that I'm just in generally really excited about. And I'm really kind of like excited for the skill set these students are going to have at the end of the program. Yeah,
0: because they're going to have in that area, they're going to be better than 90% of the developers that are and- already on the market.
1: I really I you know I I tr- I'm biased but I truly believe that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh like I currently know far less than your students will about this subject.
1: Yeah. Well I'm that's excited. really what cool. You? And well the nice part is is that, uh a turn all of our curriculum is completely open source. Uh-huh. Right. So like everything that as we write this curriculum is as we build it, it is all going to be online for free. Like we put everything in a giant like GitHub repository of literally everything we do. Well, I wouldn't say a giant GitHub repository, several, (laughs) several large (laughs) GitHub repositories, but like there's nothing that we do that's private. So everything that we do like every recording of like a lecture that we do uh-huh. and you know usually it's just me firing up screenflow and like on my laptop like but like every piece of curriculum that we write everything goes on GitHub and is made completely free.
0: Awesome. And so we'll have a link to that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: awesome like
1: like many open source projects like we do have to work i think a little bit about on organization of some of that stuff so uh bear with us on that um and the front end stuff is like at this point uh a work in progress for the first half of this year but like expect it uh there as 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 it's developed like it'll instantly go online Mm -hmm. so the entire thing done out in the open
0: awesome so yeah if uh and you listening are wanting to learn about some really cool stuff and you don't necessarily have the money or the time to go to Turing School, this is an awesome option. Yeah. And uh, so I have some more questions specifically about teaching Ember. hmm By the time that they're learning it in the current program, they'll have been going five months, right? Uh, something around
1: that. Like if not that, then a few weeks off in any direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's uh fairly early in someone's career because you typically think of frameworks and this is getting less and less so as a more advanced mm-hmm. thing. So how do they respond yeah. to learning Ember?
1: So I'm I'm interested like how the new program will respond to it. Um, uh-huh. it's always really, really interesting to teach it to people who have like their, most of their experience is Rails
0: right, right. cuz it uses it's the like, same words but the same words <laughs>
1: but with very different meanings like as we all know like rails rest is kind of not really rest and rails NBC is not really NBC, uh-huh. and stuff along those lines and so like you you're saying these words and like it's always like i watching watching their faces as you can explain that like more than one controller can be like alive and active and controllers can like communicate with each other to like (laughs) get data from each other. Right.
0: It's just like, it sort of felt like a swarm when I learned of it. It's like a swarm of rails apps.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's just it's it's just like that. Many they, that are several different like you know I'll I'll use the term views, right? Obviously, like you and I both know it's more thinking about like components right, than, right. than views. But like in their minds, that many views can be active on the page, each backed by like a controller, right? Like for the from the Rails student perspective, is kind of like uh, <laughs> bewildering. So like I'm interested. I think it might be easier to To talk about that stuff if i don't have to like overload every word that they currently like feel like they were just starting to get comfortable with right um, but that's definitely that's definitely experience that uh we kind of like deal with now <laughs> and there's also like you find yourself like uh Teaching this stuff while also like apologizing for some of JavaScript at the same time, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's been a little like, I'm excited to like let, let the curriculum breathe a little bit more because like, there's also like definitely some difficulties. Like, not only like arrow functions solve this a little bit, but like, not only do you have to like kind of teach about like actions in, like controllers or something, you also then like, um, have to talk about like dot bind this. Right, at the same time, which is, like, kind of... Although, uh, to be
0: fair, I went a couple years doing professional JavaScript before I figured out what .bind this was. I think we all did. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: Yeah, that's definitely the case for me. I think it's one of those things where I feel like I have leveled up as a developer much more by kind of having to be able to answer, like, almost any question on a topic.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: So I feel like I've grown as like I've written less code in like the last year than I had the year prior to that, but I've probably like have a deeper conceptual understanding of uh everything that I probably I don't think I would have had if I hadn't taken this job.
0: Yeah, I definitely mean. Like having to explain something in a screencast, you yeah. have to search out all the complexities of it because if you don't, you'll probably get something wrong. And your job is even harder because you're going to have Questions directed right at you and you have to answer in real time.
1: Yeah, it's not like, like commenting or something like, uh, you know, on the comment thread. It's like they're coming at you and it's like they, they you know, they, they trust that you have the answer, right? Uh-huh. Um, and generally speaking, like I would say it takes and I'm interested to hear your experience preparing screencasts, but I would say it takes three times the length of a lesson to prepare it.
0: I would love to prepare a fifth, I have five minute screencast in fifteen minutes. That would be awesome. That's fair too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, you do get some like economies of scale when you're at the three hour level, right? That's true. So like yeah. there are a few like, all right, we're all gonna work on this in pairs and then kind of like review our solutions in fifteen minutes. So like I do get some of those wins that you don't get in a screencast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but I would say it, it on does a good take day nine it takes hours.
0: fifteen minutes of recording to get five minutes mm-hmm. of screencast.
1: I mean, that's impressive. I I was, yeah, I was doing like a five-minute thing. It probably took me the better part of a day. Oh, uh, yeah, it used, it it used like, to take that. I was like just making like a five-minute thing on like model testing in Ember. And like I had the thing written out, right? Like I knew yeah. what I was talking about, but like every time like you listen to yourself and it's like yeah nope (laughs) like (laughs) I stumbled on my words there all right in a live situation if you stumble on your words you can kind of correct yourself and move along too Uh so there are there are some advantages to the live situation as well
0: yeah I've started treating them more like a live situation where if it's a small error I'll just like correct it midstream and keep going
1: that's probably really important to your sanity
0: Very much so. I remember the very first one I made like two years ago. I ended up chopping it every other word because (laughs) I would mess up that often. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Like, I I can definitely sympathize with that. And then it ended Um, up
0: sounding like this because they were all trapped together. It was a good time. (gasps)
1: Yeah, I, I imagine, right? But I think, you know, always there's... I think the, the other thing with, like, the current program is, like, you have students, like, there are people who, like, I mean, I remember the first time, I, I started out with Ruby and Sinatra and Rails, and I remember the first time I played with uh, jQuery,
0: uh-huh. right,
1: like, years ago, and I remember the very first time that I did something where I was making Ajax calls or something along those lines and updating something on the page, where I was like, all right, this is for me, yeah. right, I'm, I'm in. It I'm felt in. like
0: magic. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think we teach it and I, I think it's really super important that we teach it in the backend program. But I also think like there are some students who are like, I love this. I'm in. And there are some students who are like, I'm interested in learning this stuff. I think it's valuable, but I, I like, you know, I like the, the, the backend and that's cool. Yeah. So I think it's also going to be fun teaching some of this stuff. Like, you know, in a kind of like a self selecting group of like people who feel very much like I feel about working in the browser like for me like the web as a platform is like the literally the most exciting thing in the world that i can build something and i it's just like i just hand people a url yeah right and <laughs> like and they everywhere. touch and like move this thing it's like for me it's just like fascinating and like <laughs> mind-blowing all right and it's like it's the reason that like i've never had like a deep desire to like learn like uh actual like Objective-C or, like, Swift or something along those lines. I'm like, why would I limit myself to, like, this platform when I can build for the web? Like, you know, I'm I'm definitely one of those people who is a strong believer in the web, and in the open web in particular, and, like, greatly, like, enjoys its existence.
0: Oh, I definitely agree with you there. I -hmm. would go crazy if I had to program something three times for three different platforms.
1: Yeah. And I think that, like, for a large company like having those native apps is really good but like Mm -hmm. for many small shops right being able to build once for three platforms is is an incredibly powerful thing as well
0: yeah definitely awesome well uh we're getting towards our time today Mm -hmm. before we go so what type of student should apply to turing school
1: so it's one of those things where sometimes it's like oh you you all work us so hard it's like yeah like because we promised to make you developers in seven months (laughs) and like Feel the need to own up to that promise, right? Uh, so I think it's, I think it's definitely somebody who has, you know, decided like this is a field that they want to get into, but definitely like understands that like we're not like relaxing on like the quality of like the developers we want to pull it out just because it's a seven month program. Right. So it's like, we're going to turn up the intensity to make you a really solid developer at the end of the seven months, but it's going to be a very, very, very intense seven months.
0: Right. right? I mean, <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, if anything, it's, it's okay more intense because you go to a ten-week one, like you can sort of be like, "All right, I am five weeks away. I'm four weeks away," and then you can collapse. Yeah. But ten month, I mean, seven months is a long time
1: very long time. And, like, we try to, like, we have intermission weeks every six weeks to get some... But, like, they're not, like, weeks off. Like, there's stuff you need to be doing during those weeks but they're not as
0: intense.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, like, it's not really an intermission. I'm like, yeah, again, I've made you promises that I intend on keeping, right? <laughs> so it's definitely... I think it's definitely somebody who, like, I feel like it's very important that a student knows what they're getting into, right? It's like you, this, if this is something where it's like, yeah, it looks like a lucrative career, I think it might be like, I could do that, right? Like, this is probably not for you, right? Yeah. But if it's like, if you want this really badly and are willing to like really, maybe work the hardest you've ever worked for, I mean, it all depends on like what we've done previously, but like working really, really hard uh, for seven months to achieve this goal, then I think you're, then I think this is the right fit for you.
0: And that's a great thing to select for because they're going to have to work really hard for most of the rest of their career, Mm -hmm. but especially during that first year.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So are you guys hiring teachers or developers as well?
1: Absolutely. We're
0: starting a new program. All right. Uh (laughs) Right, so we
1: are like currently. Uh, we would like to have you know two or three instructors for this, for at least even like starting this program. Right, we plan on uh, having it grow to be current like model where like in the in the backend program. There are four modules. At any given point, there you know a quarter of our student body is in Module 1, a quarter of them in Module 2. So they're like slightly overlapping.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: we haven't really officially decided whether or not we're going to do that. I, th- I think we're leaning towards doing the same thing with the uh, front-end program. But that means that like, currently the only uh, staff member um, signed on to do that is me. Right? <laughs> uh, so I need, I need, um, need, some, I need
0: some extra helpers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I need, I need some help. So yes, definitely reach out to steve at turing.io. If uh, everything you've heard about over the last half an hour sounds ex- as exciting to you as it does to me, I would love to talk to you. Uh, we are definitely hiring uh, for that program.
0: Awesome. And so what type of person should apply for that?
1: Very much the type of person who might otherwise consider being a student, right? It is like the same. like they're they're on their the students are on kind of like the receiving end of this, but like it is definitely I like to explain it to people as I have never loved my job so much in my life before, but I have never worked so hard before,
0: yeah, because you're in there with the students twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm in there with them, like I'm answering questions and it's also one of those things where it's like while I'm at work I'm teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Like which means like I'm lesson planning a lot of times like outside of the work day. Right. That like, sounds a lot that's... like
0: a normal teacher's Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I came from K twelve education, so uh-huh. for me it's like all I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I is like, I, you know, I've been in education now for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a few years those were as a developer at like an educational nonprofit or something. But like, I started my career the first seven years of that as a New York City public school teacher, right? So it's for me all I know. So it doesn't seem to be like, um, but it's like it's a big deal for me, but it's definitely like, I love my job so much, but like, it is definitely like a lot of work. So I would say if, if you're passionate about teaching and like willing to like, understand that trade-off where it's like, and it's really great. Like, uh, my boss, Jeff Casimir teaches as much as I do.
0: Uh, so everyone in the organization is teaching.
1: So like I, it's, it's a really great environment to work in, but it is definitely like we, we take, we take what we do very seriously.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a great place to work. I like it. If you want (laughs) to learn, go apply to be a student. If you want to help other people learn, apply to be a teacher. And you'll
1: also end up learning as a teacher too, right? Like, this like I true. said, I definitely have much deeper like understanding of like a very wide range of topics, like than I had coming in.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, this is after recording. We have a special announcement from Steve Kinney. After dark. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about real
1: quick is that uh, we're running a JavaScript conference in Denver. Uh, on June 24th, 2016, kind of focused on like a one day single track conference focused, I think, you know, on, on JavaScript in general. I think one of the things I would love to like kind of highlight is, um, like, Doing creative things with JavaScript, like making art, making music, Mm -hmm. uh, anything that's kind of like super, like interesting. That it's not just like putting stuff in databases and taking it back out again. And I think like also talking about like emerging things. Like I would love to have talks on like HTTP two and like stuff along those lines, where it's like kind of emerging technologies and like creative uses of code with JavaScript both on the server and in the browser. And so I'm really excited about that and kind of putting that all together. We have not opened the CFP yet. Hopefully by the time this is released, the CFP will be open. Uh Uh, We haven't like set a firm date for that yet. Um, But I would, you know, I encourage anyone listening to submit a proposal. Um, I'm excited to have a really great lineup. Um, we've got you know some great organizers. Uh, Jen Schiffer is going to be the MC, uh, which I'm super excited about. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really like fantastic conference, and I would love uh, to see all of your great proposals and anyone in the area or who wants to come to Denver to come and attend as well.
0: Awesome! That sounds exciting.
1: Yeah, it's going right. to be a good year. I'm
0: pumped. I'm awesome. Well, hopefully I'll see you there. <laughs> this is the end of the show, but here's a message from our sponsor our sponsor who happens to be me. So I run imberscreencast.com. If you're an intermediate level developer, then this site is for you. So you've read your introductory book and you're ready to get started, but you're not quite into reading the source code yet. So I go and I explain some of the basics, but I also explain cool add-ons and some intermediate to advanced topics as well. So go ahead and check out imberscreencast.com. Two screencasts released every week for the intermediate Ember developer. I hope to see you there.